and maybe I'm just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dahlia. I'm not your therapist, but I am a dating coach, a matchmaker, and your new best friend when your real best friend just doesn't want to listen to you anymore. So let's have it. Listener question for the week. I've actually been receiving a lot of messages on Instagram, so thank you for that. They're often very long and complicated and not a super straightforward question, so I'm kind of answering those individually as they come. But all of that said, rather than a direct listener question, I am going to give a little tip, which uh, I actually, well, I was at a party and I started talking to this guy um, and he is engaged and very happy. And I was like, oh, how did you meet your fiance? And he said, you know, Instagram is really the new dating app. And I said, yeah, I know. I say that all the time. And what he kind of meant by that too is I think he knew this girl through some other friends or something, but he did a deep dive on her Instagram profile, which as we know, I often discourage because I don't think someone's social media is a real reflection of who they are. And I don't think you can really say like, I know I have a lot in common with this person based on their Instagram. But all of that said, you have to be aware that that is how people are using Instagram. So Whatever you are putting on your Instagram is being used to kind of determine the type of person you are, what it would be like to hang out with you. People will go from your dating app profile to your Instagram and kind of compare notes. I did have a male client who had a tendency to post kind of like sad or feeling sorry for himself posts on Facebook and Instagram. And I really encouraged him to A, stop doing that and B, go back and delete all of that because someone is going to look through your post history. I wish they wouldn't because we've all had, you know, our not great moments. You have to be aware of what you're putting out. So if you're putting out like, oh, I'm super drunk at this party, or like, oh, I'm sad I have no friends. Like, social media is not the place to do that. Social media is for networking professionally and dating and making your life look better than it is. It is not for being real, being honest, being like, I am struggling with this. Like, sure, some influencers choose to use it that way, and that's fine. But for you, if you're, you know, out in the dating world, do yourself a favor and just don't get too personal. Make your life look fun, happy, positive. Only put good pictures of yourself. Do all the things that we hate about social media, but there's a reason that we do them. That is what it's used for. Think, if I did a deep dive on my own profile as someone who's considering dating me, what would I think? You want to seem stable. You want to seem like you have good judgment. You want to seem like you're not airing your dirty laundry. You want to seem like a positive, happy, upbeat person, and you want to present yourself in the best possible light. So as much as I wish it wasn't the case, because we all know that social media isn't real, I would say pay attention to it and look at your own social media through the eyes of someone who wants to date you. If you can, get a friend to do it. In the same way that you might have your friend look at your dating profile, say, hey, do you mind taking just like a deep dive through my Instagram, my Facebook, and whatever else I use just to see if there's anything that would like set off alarm bells or not show me in the most positive light? Let the person find out your dirty laundry a little bit later. We all have it, so it's nothing to be ashamed of, but social media is not the place to show it. Social media 
is not real and therefore you should just present the best sides of yourself because that's what it's for and that's what will help you and that's what will make it so that people won't go look and then be like, oh, never mind on this person. You want them to see it and be like, yep, everything checks out. Everything lines up. That's what this person at the party told me he did and now he's engaged and partially because he went and looked and didn't see anything alarming. So be smart about what you're putting out there. Save your deep emotions and your raw moments for your friends, close friends, personal friends, family, all that. And just be happy, sunshiny out there on social media. Send your listener questions to me, not your therapist podcast on Instagram, not your therapist podcast at gmail.com. I'm happy to answer anything, long questions, short questions, also open to all of your feedback. So I will look forward to that. I am here with the hottest bearded man in the world. No, I shouldn't say that because my fiance has a beard hand. You know, it's, it's beardish. Beardish. Yours is like, okay, I'll say the hottest Amish beard because it's gotten to that point. <laughs> um, but more importantly, I'm here with my editor of this podcast. <laughs> the eye contact is really intense. Intense. I'm an intense eye contact person. I'm mm-hmm. kind of known for it in some circles. Sure. Um, I'm here with Josiah Thorngate, who you hear me thank at the end of every episode because he's amazing and does all of my editing and is so patient and wonderful with me and puts up with all of my craziness and my texts in the middle of the night. And he is so great. And up until this point, I never even thought to ask him to be on because, well, I think he was like in a relationship, but he wasn't really telling me he was kind of trying to keep my prying hands out of it and then recently he was like so I should probably talk to you and then we kind of decided together he would come on the podcast and then he was like just so you know it's gonna be a train wreck and I was like great I love train wrecks also I can't imagine anything you do being a train wreck because you're like so calm all the time it's it's a facade really is it like is it like that um like calm on the surface, like you're a duck, like you're calm on the surface and then underneath your legs are flapping really fast. Sure. That's the thing, it's right? Like, That's like how that, they stay yeah. afloat. You're a duck. Okay. Yeah. You're a duck. I'm a duck. A duck with an epic beard. Um, Josiah, you're great. <laughs> Should we just like jump right in? Do you want to tell me what's going on? Uh, sure. I mean... What's going on in what Also, sense? please note how amazing Josiah's voice is. <laughs> he should have his own podcast, but not really because he's a private man. Okay, anyway, you have I'm an amazing voice. Man. Go ahead. How old are you? Quite nearly 33. Wow. I kind of thought you were younger for some reason. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think there's like a youthful... Um, What's the word? Not naivete. naivete. <laughs> <laughs> but like a little bit of a youthful like... Like you have, it's kind of similar to what you just said. Like you're calm on the surface. You seem like mature mm. grown man, but I can tell there's something about you that, that I'm, isn't I'm a, quite there I'm yet. A screaming child. Underneath. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you're almost 33. Your birthday's in a couple of weeks. I got you a great present mm-hmm. besides being on this podcast. Oh, is that? Um, <laughs> I feel like that was present. my present. That to was you. your present to me. You're right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but maybe we can make it my present to you also. Okay. Okay. So, Jerseys. right. So you've always been private. You were, we think, in a relationship from what we can tell. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess what. I don't even know where to start. It's a good thing you're editing this because <laughs> I know <laughs> it's it's funny. You're like, a quiet I, man, I, and I my like uh, speech pattern. I'm I'm slow slow of speech and slow of tongue. Interesting. To quote a great bearded man, 
Moses. Oh, oh, wow. We're getting in there with the Bible <laughs> references. Should we start there? Josiah, you come from a very religious family. Is this that is not true. Correct? This is a good place to start. Are you religious? I am not, no. Are you planning to be someday or have you completely kind of left that behind? That's that's an interesting question. I have no plans to observe religion in the future. Um, I have... The, the short story is, and like it's not germane to the topic of the train wreck that is my dating life, um, or at least not directly. So uh, I'll keep it short, but the, the, the short story is I did not find it useful, and I did not find it real in any sense, uh, despite the fact that I grew up immersed in it. And so I left and have not really looked back. You're from a family of nine children, is that? Uh, seven. Seven Seven. children. Yeah, my parents have seven children. Where do you fall in there? I am the fifth. The uh, fifth in order of of seven. Yes. Damn. How does that make you feel? Uh, In what sense? It feels Uh, feels great. Because you're not the oldest, you're not the youngest. There's definitely, I mean, I think there is um, like middle child syndrome is a thing and i think um i think it's pretty evident that like myself and my my next older sister the fourth are the quiet ones Mm. um the rest of my siblings are not the quiet ones i mean there are degrees of that but um and i'm sure some of them will hear this so (laughs) i need to be careful about what i say only if you want them to um yeah i mean but yeah like my sister and i were punished as children with like being grounded from reading wow um what did they make you do instead of reading go play outside yeah it's just like oh you didn't do your chores no books till tomorrow or something like that wow you know? wow 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 um, so are all of your siblings are the rest of them mostly still religious also to varying degrees but uh Yes, more or less they are. Some of them are very religious, like my, my brother is a pastor. Whoa. I mean, my dad Whoa. is also a pastor. Whoa. Are yeah. all of your siblings in relationships? My siblings are all married. Your siblings, every single one of them, yeah. all six of them. Correct. And you are the lone wolf. Yeah, um, I'm both the lone wolf and the black sheep. Yeah, that's true. Correct. You live in Los Angeles. They all <laughs> I don't live know if what, I'm a in the wolf Midwest. In sheep's clothing or a sheep in wolf's I like clothing. That. But, You're yeah. a wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah. That actually tracks because mm-hmm. you seem really nice. But I feel like maybe, maybe in relationships you can be a little like uh, hard to impossible? get. Impossible? Yeah, yeah. Impossible. Yeah, that seems right. Yeah, I I should I should enter into dating with a disclaimer. Yeah, do not touch. <laughs> this this do product you, is harmful for Do you for your want health. to get married and have a family? Are you not thinking about that right now? Is that something you want long term? So I go a little bit back and forth on the question. Um, to be honest, I feel and not to not to get all political, but like I just feel like having a child in the world that we live in is it kind of a shitty thing to do? Um, I disagree, but that's okay. And We're that's not here fine. To talk like that. obviously. I also I have a bunch of nieces and nephews who are just without question the best part of my life. And so obviously it's complicated. But I also just like can't imagine like obviously I can't imagine having a child right now. I can't imagine being a parent 
and attempting to raise a child right now, but I also can't. That's not true. Sometimes I can, but like I, I can't really imagine a a future in which it does make sense for me to be having to be raising a child. Okay, but what Did about being married? What about being in a marriage? In a marriage, I and obviously you're very recently engaged. Yes, I am. <laughs> um, I think. I don't get, I think marriage is stupid. I, and like, maybe it's just because I'm ignorant of the circumstances that cause people to want to get married. But like, I don't, I also can't imagine ever being in that situation. Like, I can't imagine, like, even, even if I was in, which I never have been, but if I was in a situation where I was in like a committed long-term relationship, cohabitating, I just don't understand like why I take that extra step. It's at that Well, point, one it's is health of, insurance. Okay. Two is... Um, <laughs> security for both what just security? to be like it it just gives you certain you know rights and privileges that you don't always get not everywhere recognizes domestic totally, partnership totally and and like but that's that is like what's at the root of my complaint about it is like the reasons are legal like it's a legal yeah, thing yeah what's wrong with that well i just like i think the, the problem i have with it is that there's this idea there's this mythology about what marriage is and about like, oh, it's it's true love. It's like this perfect, like the one shows up and you fall in the blah, blah, blah. And then you everybody's a prince or a princess and whatever. Um, and I like I just don't buy that. The majority of marriages end not in someone's death. And like it's mostly about creating a legal structure yeah, but I think there's nothing wrong with creating a legal structure if two people want to commit to each other and, you know, have a family together, even not. It's just nice to know, like, I have the commitment from this person and we we have agreed to something together. I also think what you're saying is true, mm-hmm. that a lot of marriages don't last, but more and more that's actually changing as people are getting married later in life. So it's not like yeah. I'm 23 and I'm marrying the first person I ever loved. No, it's 100%. like I've made a conscious decision based on who I am now, which is why I think it should be illegal to get married before you're 30. But yeah, um, because I, mean, I think that's absolutely. a large reason why the divorce rate has been so high for so long is because there's been this tradition of people getting married really young, which I just don't think you're ready to do at that point. You need to see more. You need to find out more about yourself, experience more things. And then I think there are many ways to do marriage. There's open marriage. There is um, companionate marriage. There's marriage where after 20 years together, you're like, well, I don't exactly want to rip your clothes off anymore, but you're still my best friend, my partner. We share all this property. We have this financial obligation to each other. What else can we do? How can we make our marriage better? And I think marriage is becoming a much more kind of like malleable thing for people. Yeah. And and I think like in practice, that's true. And I think that's that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like if that's what we're doing, if that's what marriage is now, like the legal conception of marriage has not caught up to it. And also like in certain aspects, the cultural conception of it has not caught up either. I mean, part of part of my um, major complaints about marriage is comes out of the fact that I was raised so religiously. Mm-hmm. And and so like I have not been to a wedding of a friend of mine in years because they all fucking got married already. And wow. yeah, I mean, most of them, like they seem okay. Their marriages are fine, whatever. But for me, it's about there's a cultural pressure that that sort of created this myth that you're not an adult until you're married. Mm. Like that there and like and I think specifically 
in the very conservative religious culture where I come from. But even outside of that, I think it's still true. Like there's pressure to get and be married that that is wholly separate from the, the the question of whether or not you should. I also, you may not know this, but I was a wedding photographer for a lot of years. Mm. And so I witnessed firsthand mm-hmm. good and bad examples of, you know, people getting married to each other. And you can tell, like, even just in on the day itself, just interacting with the people, with the families, mm-hmm. you can tell, like, when this is absolutely... And, like, some examples of it are like, yeah, these people are amazing and amazing with each other. And, but most of the time that was like the older, like the mid thirties people who are getting married where it's like, you're fully developed, you're fully grown into, you know, who you are as a person. Um, and you have a strong sense of, (laughs) I just saw this picture back here. What the fuck? (laughs) I was like, wait a second. (laughs) What's going on? Matt's face a million times. <laughs> his friend made that for him on his 30th birthday. Good. Uh, well, that just derailed uh, my train of thought. But I hear what you're saying. I think a lot of your opinion about this is also coming from your background, that you're kind of in this rebellion against it, which makes sense, but means that like there's still a phase in which you could figure out how it could look or how it could work for you. It also means maybe, maybe never, maybe it's not for you. Yeah. And I I like, I bristle a little at the term rebellion just because in the way you used it it makes it sound like I'm a a child rebelling against my parents for the sake of it. And I think like there's so many, sure I've rebelled against like basically every aspect of my upbringing, but not, not, for the sake of the rebellion, but because it didn't make any sense no, for, totally. for me as a person. And I think maybe the marriage thing is just part of that. Yeah. I mean, rebellion in terms of like part of this is like my parents tried to raise me religious and tried to make me be like into Judaism. And mm-hmm. I I think largely because of the pressure they put on me have absolutely no interest in it. Like I yep. have some cultural interest in it and I'm like proud of it, but I'm also like, no, they push it on me and therefore I don't want it. And who knows what would have happened if they hadn't pushed it on me as a kid. I probably would have been like, why don't you guys push it on me? Like there is an aspect to no matter what your parents do for everyone, you're going to explore the other option and you might mm-hmm. be like I actually like this option better or you might be like okay now that I explored that option I actually still like the thing that I was brought up with both things can happen and it's not yeah. to say that like you're a child or this is coming from a childish place but it is a little bit in response to what you were surrounded by and what you grew up with and I think there's a way in which you can like go against it really hard and then come back by finding your own way of doing it maybe maybe yeah. not I also can say like I never thought I would get married. I never believed in any of that. And I would say all the same stuff you just said. And then I found someone that I'm excited about. And and he even asked me, like, because I was talking about wanting to have a kid. And he was like, is marriage important to you to have a kid? And I was like, you know what? Now that I think about it, yes. I think that's a very smart, mature way to go about it. And I wish more people would go about it that way. But it also brings up the, the same question about, like, the way the legal conception of marriage has not caught up. Yeah, no, it's not great. Because the the fact that it makes more sense legally to have a child with a partner that you're married Mm -hmm. to um, just doesn't reflect the culture we live in. And and that's just like goes to the heart of my general complaint. There are also people like uh, my brother, for instance, they got married 
ceremonially, not legally, and then like a year or two later got married legally because they realized it made more financial sense. But like a lot of people will also keep it separate legally. Like I even said to Matt, like if we get married, I don't, because for a second we were worried about like my student debt and how it would affect him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I actually want it more for the, what it means in terms of our commitment to each other and less for the legal. No, a hundred percent. And that's the commitment makes sense. The, the, the ceremony where you commit yourself to your partner that part totally makes sense. It's the legal, legal half of it yeah. where it's like in the eyes of God and state where it's just like, what that the fuck are we even doing? Like, <laughs> But you can always define it. And I feel like uh, when you can you define meet, it however you yeah, want. Yeah, however you want. You can, do, you can do whatever you want legally with it too. You can make up your own agreement. Like you can do No, exactly. That. And that's why it just becomes the problems with the legal aspect of it all come in on the back end of the marriage. Because I, I feel, and like, I don't, I have only anecdata to back this up, but I feel like so much of the problem with divorces, like there's so much pain and contention around them is because of the legal aspects mm-hmm. of it. Totally. Like, or, or like the emotional aspects play into the, in a way that it just doesn't make sense that it should be like that. Um, and all the like the bullshit about grave digging and like taking half of my stuff and like all of that, those stupid stereotypical lines that people use to talk about marriage. It's just, you mean gold digging? Isn't that what I said? You said grave digging. I was like, <laughs> is someone digging up your grave because you got <laughs> yeah, married? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, no, I hear you. And I think, I mean, I don't know what we'll end up doing, but there's also a good argument for a real detailed prenup because then you figure all that stuff out before you're mad at the person. Right, but even that has issues. Like, Look, anytime I mean, if- a relationship ends, there are issues and there's no cute, pretty, nice, sweet, flowery, hugging way to do it. Like whether or not you're involved officially in front of the law, if you have shit together and you've lived together, it's going to be messy. Will it be a little more messy and painful when you have to deal with all these lawyers if one person is fighting it? Yes, sure. But like it's not great no matter what. Totally. But I, I'm just saying like because I think I, I, yeah, I think like if you're getting married, have some kind of a prenup because that just makes sense the pro- the problem comes in with the like the weird stigmas about prenups generally yeah well i think we need to get over that because i think that's that's, actually that's my whole smart. fucking point like yeah. we need to get over all this bullshit before this can make sense again i think it's smart to work all that stuff out when you love each other rather than when you've hurt each other in your parting ways which can happen mm-hmm. but you've done a really great job of avoiding the question of your own love life you brought up um, marriage i just we, wanted a short and simple answer host, i wanted a short and simple answer and instead we got into a theological debate about marriage um (laughs) i want to know what the train wreck is and what happened okay well to to run down the the saga of the most recent relationship i was in and i don't know how much context is necessary anyway i moved to los angeles last year Mm -hmm. in august of last year i wasn't dating i wasn't looking to date um but i happened to meet someone just at a bar you know, we got drunk and went back to her place and then we had, you know, spent a couple hours talking to each other and just like hanging out and we liked each other. And so we decided to like keep seeing each other after that. And and it was great for a little while and then it wasn't anymore. And um, th- this is the thing that happens to me when I'm in a relationship with a human being. So what, what typically happens to me in a lot of relationships that I've been in uh, is that 
it'll be really, really great um, for a month or six weeks or two months or whatever, like a super brief period of time. Um, and then I will just kind of lose interest in, not in the person, but in spending so much time with them. I'm a very like, I, I like I very much embody the alone but not lonely sentimentality a little You're bit. You're an introvert, obviously. I'm a, yeah, I'm a total introvert. Yeah. Um, thank you for noticing. And <laughs> <laughs> really hard not to. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I just get to a point where it's like, I w- would rather be alone than uh, give up my weeknights or my weekends to be with that person. Um, so when you start dating the person during the period of a month or six weeks that you say is really good, mm-hmm. are you seeing them a lot during that time? Like how much are you seeing them during that time? Yeah, it varies. Um, and this, like I, I see where you're going. I happen to listen to every episode. Yep. Of the podcast. <laughs> In um, detail. <laughs> I, so I see where you're going with that. Um, and it's actually a relevant detail. So, yeah, uh, the first time around, we were probably spending too much time together. And basically what happened was we got to got to the point where um, it was starting to become obvious that I was, I mean, it was obvious to me and started to become obvious to her that like something was, you know, amiss. And so we had a conversation about it where I just explained like, yeah, I just like, I'm a little burnt out. I need to take more time to myself and I have a feeling she would recall it differently. But what I remember happening is that we had a conversation and, you know, did not split up at that point. Like we, we agreed to stay together and just like try to modulate the amount of time we're spending together um, to try to work through it. And then like, I don't know what happened, but like the next night we talked again and it, I don't remember exactly what was said, but it became clear to me that like this, it just was untenable. And I like, I think in retrospect, maybe it, it was more about me just getting fed up and taking a hike. Uh, Cause that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Good to um, know. <clears throat> yeah. So, so that's what happened. And like, so that was in like January or something like that. And there was like, there, there was a, a period, like a slowdown period where like we weren't seeing each other, but we were talking more and like um, she would, like she would call me, like get drunk and call me and things like that. That's not um, crazy. People do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I would get those the late night, like Saturday night at 3 a.m., the phone calls and things like that. And would you pick up? No, I would never pick up. I would try to text her back just because I don't, I don't know. I was just in this mode of like, like I, I missed her and I cared about her and I was convinced that attempting to get back together with her was just going to restart the cycle and it was just going to end up and it was going to be painful again because it was just a mess. And eventually I stopped hearing from her. Time goes by and then just like a few months ago, in August, she reached out to me again. And for reasons that I cannot explain now looking back, like at the time I thought, I thought maybe things were different. Like maybe something in me had changed. Like I was able to convince myself somehow giving it another shot was a thing that made sense at that point. Mm -hmm. And it was definitely different the second time. Like we had that, that sort of history and baggage that definitely was pressing on the relationship basically all the time. So it was worse the second time. Not worse, but um, 
Like the things that were good about it the first time were still good about it, but the things that were bad about it were different, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, and so like the the things that we would argue about or fight, like not not argue, like obviously I don't yell at people, so yeah, it was I never, imagine. yeah. But like the, the things that we would have to talk about were different things, you know? I mean, one of the big things was that like for, I like was seeing someone over the summer, like uh, someone else, you know, for like a month. And she was super hung up on that in in a way that w was like baffling to me because i was like we We're like we as far as yeah. i knew i was never going to see you again right so why would i not date this person who you know was briefly interested in me yeah it was just like there was all these new hang-ups and ultimately we ended up at the same place which i had thought we wouldn't end up in but was just like i'm not really interested in spending as much time with you anymore like I can't and like one of the one of the like ground rules going in the second time was like we're not going like we need to be aware of this because I think this is the major issue that tripped us up the first time like I need to be more conscientious about the time I spend with myself because mm -hmm. that's the most important time for me just in terms of like like I think of it as like recharging my social batteries totally. and like trying and like that's I mean that's not like a new idea like it's true of introverts right all over the place that so it's just like yeah at a certain point I need it doesn't matter who it is like even with my good friends like spending time with people drains me and right. I, and I need to even be an extrovert myself. in a new relationship yeah. can get burnt out on that person yeah. especially if you've been single for a bit or if you're an adult you need time to yourself period for sure. You can't spend all of your time all of a sudden with another person without getting sick of them. Yeah, and I think that's right. Yeah, and that definitely just became the issue again. And and it's sort of like the same thing happened where we, you know, talked about it and we don't need to get into the details of like the fights we were having, but like it got to the point where we really needed to hash some things out and we did and we didn't break up. We we're like, we're going to work on this. Like we can keep doing this and then... Not long after that conversation, I was just discussing it with our mutual friend, Noelle. And and she <laughs> she basically said, like, look, I have just been cool and, like, let you do your thing, but you know this was fucked from the beginning. Oh like, what God, are you even her. doing? <laughs> and, uh, and I realized that she was right. Um, and so I... I mean, you do listen to this podcast quite frequently, and you know mm -hmm. that probably what I say is when people break up, they're usually breaking up for a reason, and if mm -hmm. they get back together, they're going to break up for the same reason again, yeah. unless a significant amount of time has passed where they have both grown and changed and worked on themselves, and I mm -hmm. mean like over a year. Yeah. Generally, if you get back together, you're just going to find yourself in the same rut, not just because people don't change that much in a short amount of time, but whatever it is about that other person is going to bring out that same thing in you, and if these are the roles you've rehearsed, you're going to fall back into those roles again when you're in the same situation. Yeah. And I like that. I have never done that before, like getting back together with someone. Um, and of course, like if we're comparing timelines, she and I got back together about the same time I started working on this podcast. Oh, and so and so I did not have the benefit of your sage <laughs> advice <laughs> going in or else things might be different. So it end. So you were basically like the same thing is happening now. Do you think objectively if she had been able to be like, I'm cool seeing you twice a week and giving you as much space as you need, 
was that really the issue or would no, something obviously else? Obviously, that wasn't right. really the issue. Right. Like, I mean, the issue when I am being honest about it is the issues that I didn't like her as much as she liked me, you know? So I feel like even an introvert, when you're really excited about a person, a new situation, relationship, whatever, mm. like, even if you do need some alone time, you're still going to want to see that person more often than not. Right. And I and I think when I've been in, and I guess the term is relative, but like more successful relationships, which just means instead of burning out after three months, it burned out after six. Um, <laughs> it was when either like I was as excited about the other person as they were about me or the other person was sort of indifferent about the entire situation as I was. And so it was just like, yeah, we'll... We'll see each other when we see each other. Do you think you generally are attracted to people who are not that into you at first and you have to like fight for them a little bit and like it's a little hard to get? That's a really interesting question. And it it came up on a not a super recent episode, but it came up maybe like six weeks ago. And I was like, God damn it, Donna, you're so smart. Because I think, like, looking back, like, I, like, I've never been, so I don't remember who it was recently who had never been broken up with. Um, uh-huh. Elaine. 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 At least as an adult, I've never been broken up with, mm-hmm. necessarily. It's either been, like, a, a sort of, like, mutual um, splitting or, or I break up with them. But what has happened is... I will, you know, fall like head over heels for someone and it'll burn out like almost immediately or within a couple of weeks. Something on your happen. end? Or on no, their on their end. end. Oh, yeah. interesting. <clears throat> um, so they'll like so, lose like, before, interest. Yeah, or or something, you know, I think there's the, the case is always different. Actually, the case, now that I'm thinking about it, the case is always that they're either rebounding or hung up on an ex or something like that. Like I think in... Like I, there are three particular cases that I'm thinking of where this sort of thing happened and it was always because there was an ex involved and I never thought of it until now. Do you think that the head over heels, do you think that's a coincidence that that's the times you've been head over heels or do you think part of the head over heels is their unavailability? That's a good question because I don't I don't think I would have recognized their unavailability at the, in the moment. Like I don't think I would necessarily have known. But I think there's probably something about them uh, in general, there's something about people who are definitely not out there like, I want a relationship and I want you. And mm-hmm. there's just a different energy when you're kind of like, I just got out of something. I'm looking to have fun. Mm-hmm. I'm relaxed and I'm a little bit distant. And I feel like that probably awakens a little bit of your interest, your hunter instinct of like, oh, this person isn't all in for me. They're not coming after me. And that makes me want to go after them a little that bit that could more. be i think i think it's maybe true in some cases and not but not all cases and i also like i don't love the hunter analogy that you bring up i think when it does apply to men it can be super problematic and i also think it doesn't apply to me like i don't feel a hunter instinct and maybe i'm just wrong yeah <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you think is problematic about it, like uh, sex and sexual attraction are scientific 
biological processes that happen in our bodies and we can't really help the way they happen Mm -hmm. and they will always win out. So I don't think it's a total coincidence that the times you've been head over heels has been someone who is not coming after you and who is not saying, I'm here laying myself at your feet available whenever you need me. No, and I think that that does make some sense. And I don't don't mean Hunter in terms of like, you want to kill them. Well, in terms of like predatory. But in terms of awakening your need to achieve something rather than... I'm just going to make this easy for you and you stay right there and I'll just come right there. It's it's human need to... It's Women also want men who are hard to get for a similar reason. There's something in us that wants to achieve, that wants to win, that wants to work for something and earn it. And we don't want something that's just right there waiting, making it easy for us most of the time. Um, I buy that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um. And I think that's also, sorry to keep interrupting you, but Mm. I think that's also dependent on where you are in your life because I think like people go through that of like, it's appealing to me when I have to work for it, I have to fight for it. And that's like a lot of times when women are going through the thing of like liking assholes over and over again and always wanting the guy who's unavailable and the nice guy, they're like, no, thank you. And then a lot of people get to a point in their life where they're like, I've done that enough and now I'm totally fine with it being easy for me. And that's often Mm. when the actual long-term coupling happens is when a person comes to that point of just like, okay, I can actually get my sense of achievement somewhere else and my love life and my coupling can be easy and I can still enjoy it. But that's somewhere some people get and some people don't. Yeah, and I I think you think there's there's a sense in which people are attempting to find success, like the emotion of success Mm -hmm. in relationship. I think it feels good for all humans to want something, fight for it, and get it. Okay. And so I think a lot of times we spend a lot of time doing that in our love life. And Mm -hmm. it's like we've been taught that if something is easy, it's not worth it. And we've been taught that like, winning is this important thing and like being able to convince someone to like you or if someone's pulling away from you we want to go after them and get it it's just this it's not even like a male female thing Mm -hmm. it's an animal thing of like it's being taken away i want it it's not easy to get i want it i i get a sense of self-worth when i can earn something and win something more than when it's just given to me so it's about self-worth yeah it's about feeling accomplished yes It's about wanting what we don't have. It's a whole thing. There's a million different ways to say it. But I do think you can get burnt out on that. And if you are, you know, this I often talk about this, but I have found like a lot of times it was much easier for me to put my energy towards that chase than the chase of like my career and personal achievement. Yeah. And I think, yeah, you've made that point before. And I think that's, uh, that's really interesting. Um, That idea of of a chase of attempting to accomplish or achieve something is kind of foreign to me. Mm. Like I don't feel that generally in my career, which I think is sort of evidenced by the number of times I've changed careers mm-hmm. where I'm just like, oh, I'm doing this now. Like I, I have sort of goals and ambitions, but it, I don't feel that sort of drive that you see in certain people and that you hear described as sort of this uh, quality to aspire to um, that's always been a little bit foreign to me. And that's fine. Like that's... Oh, I, I think it's fine. Yeah, it's I fine. Just... It's actually great and it's refreshing. There are a lot of people who 
they're ambitious to a point, like they want to be able to support themselves and enjoy their life, but they're mm-hmm. not like, I have to be at the tip top tip of my craft or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but not talking about your career, but with relationship, it just sounds a little to me like the the people that have really piqued your interest and been this kind of hot and heavy, fast and furious, you're so into them in a way that you're not when women make themselves super available to you. And who knows, like if any of those had actually panned out once you spent six weeks or your magic amount of time with them where you were seeing them so much, you might have gotten similarly burnt out with them as well. But the fact that you never got the chance to means they're always on this like pedestal in your head because you don't get to like have the real life relationship experience with them. It just sounds a little like that, that piques your interest when they're not making it so easy for you. I have you at a bit of a disadvantage just knowing the details of these situations. So like the one, the the one that most recently happened, Mm -hmm. which was that like brief relationship I mentioned that happened earlier this summer which was ending just when you and I met mm-hmm. it was not it was not like you just described it was um we met and she like in the early stages of it I was the one that was more like aloof and she was the one that was pursuing in a way and like I really liked her and I don't know how normal this is but like I don't have like a list of criteria for like people I date like good because you know I hate that because that's terrible Mm -hmm. but there are certain traits that I I find more relatable um for me like I relate better to people who are a certain way compared to a certain different way again I don't really think about it this way um like or I don't make decisions based on this but if I had a checklist of things she checked a lot of those boxes right but like at the beginning she was you know being Um, the aggressor for lack of a better word and even like said something like she just said I think I'm falling for you to me and when she said that and it was like in a text so I was like you know in my car or whatever and I read it and I was like that feels like I didn't respond like this is this is how I reacted I was like that that feels like a lot really fast I don't know how I feel about that and then and I just like thought about it for a minute and I was basically I was just like fuck it I'm in and then like in the span of like a couple of weeks, it all went to pieces. It went to pieces because of her. She lost interest. I don't know exactly what happened, but she's back with her ex now. Okay. Would you say that you are someone who likes a little bit of drama? Oh, God, no. I hate drama. It seems like you like drama. No, I hate it. I do but not you, want drama. But you allow this kind of, like someone saying, I'm falling for you over text and you saying, okay, fuck it, I'm all in. Like that's no, a very dramatic move. But that's super uncharacteristic of me. But then the other girl, the one who you just broke up with, who mm-hmm. you dated back in January and then again in August or mm-hmm. whatever that timeline was, also is clearly a dramatic person. Like, I don't know if you like drama consciously but I think you're a little bit drawn to women who have extreme emotions about you one way or another. Um, or maybe it's just look, that you don't like doing the work. I can't help when women have extreme look, emotions. Look, you can't help me. it. You're a handsome guy. But like, you know, maybe... maybe I feel like you, a dick now for saying that. But, but like, maybe you don't like doing the work. So when, I, when a woman is like, I'm doing it all. I'm here. I'm into you. You're like, okay, fuck it. I'll go along with it. No, no, no. Because that's the opposite of what generally happens. Like what happened... 
um, with the most recent relationship. I hate that I like. I should just make up names for these yeah, people. Yeah, you should. It's getting confusing. Uh. Person B. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Trying to figure out what the train wreck aspect is here because you were like, "My life's a train wreck," and I'm like, "You seem to have like a control of the I, situation." So, just for clarity, when I when I said it might be a train wreck, that was more about my. I wasn't sure how I would perform in terms oh. of the. Gotcha. The I thought you were going to like fall apart and cry. Oh, no. I, that is That seems cry. highly unlikely. Do you have a problem with your own dating life? Or are you just like, I'm cool the way I am, whatever happens, happens? Or do you want something to change? I would love something to change. What do you want to change? How do you want it to be different? I want it to not suck. <laughs> How does it suck, though? Because it seems because like... Because it just never, like... Because you never been... There nothing been... ever gets anywhere. Okay. Like, I, there's, like... Robbie, who was on last week, yeah. had never been in a relationship more than like three months. Yeah. And like, that's not literally true in my case, uh-huh. but it's more or less true. Got it. And I related to him quite a bit and just that like, it just never works. And it's just like, I mean, I don't know how many of these really brief, not quite relationships that I've been in now, but there's there's a, a definitely a pattern of like, I meet somebody, we like each other, we hang out for a while, I get bored, we move on and it repeats. And I don't know what the fix for that Let is. Let me ask you this. When you say there are certain traits that I that work with me and mm-hmm. other traits that don't, mm-hmm. what are the traits that you characteristically are attracted to that work with you? What are the common um, of these people? Yeah, so I the way I think about it is a little bit like there are characteristics of the women that I have dated that, you know, allowed for this, whatever the relative success of that relationship was. What are the And so, but it's different, like for each of them, it's a different set of characteristics. And so like in my head, I just have this like sort of tally of like, these are the things that I connect with in a person. And it feels, and maybe this is just bullshit, but it feels like it will finally work for me when I meet someone who like embodies a critical mass of those characteristics. Interesting. What a scientific way to look at dating. (laughs) I mean, it's not scientific at all, but. Interesting. I just want someone to come into your life and like, flip you upside down because I think that you have too much control over your emotions and you get bored which I mean there's no real like I can't tell you how to not get bored anymore all I can say is like what you think is your type obviously isn't because if you've been dating that type and that's the type that you get bored every single time but I haven't like I don't I don't think there has to be something in common with all of these people what is it? God, I, I, if I knew. Or do they all have a certain look? No. Do they all approach you in a certain way? Is it a Mm-mm. feeling that you get when you meet them that you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to date this person? No. And like, as, like I think, like I'm saying, like there's a, I'm drawn to a certain aspect of each person, but it's not the same thing each time. Do you think that when you start dating someone, you really let them into who you are or do you kind of conform... <laughs> No. Do you, right. So <laughs> you you perform like boyfriend time for a month and then you're like, I'm burnt out. I need my alone time. This is who I really am. And now I'm bored. 
I don't I don't think it's necessarily performing boyfriend time, although I mean maybe that's one way to like quantify it. Mm-hmm. But so so like one of one of the things that I connect to is someone who is engaged with like the social and political issues of the day, right? And so like like I'm speaking I'm thinking specifically of a certain person and like that's how we connected to each other. Like on our first date, we talked about things like that and like really connected in the way that we discussed those issues but over time like that proved to not be enough that proved to be an unsustainable grounding for a relationship so do you so when i just asked you do you feel like you are yourself at the beginning of a relationship do you feel like you're totally open do you feel like you are who you are you said no i mean I think I generally have the intention of being open and I don't, I mean, I don't like, obviously I can't do it, so I don't even know how to talk about it. But like, I think it's just like, like I'm saying, it gets, it gets kind of one dimensional in some ways. How long does it take you to tell them that you are an introvert who needs a certain amount of time for yourself? Is it at the point where it's already burning you out or is it well before that? Like, I think that is a pretty new adjustment for me mm-hmm. of like I've always been kind of a homebody and enjoy my time by myself but I think it's just recently that I've really acknowledged that in a constructive way or at least a potentially constructive way that might actually you know have an effect on how I relate to other people um, how long do you usually wait before having sex with someone that also varies a lot I'm very I don't want to say passive but i i don't i'm really uncomfortable with the idea of being perceived as pushing someone towards sex Mm -hmm. um and so most of the time it's the other person who's sort of instigating i think well a few things I think, uh, one, there's not actually a huge problem here. I think that similar to Robbie, it's just going to take the right person who can kind of push you and not let you get away with what you usually get away with, which is like staying somewhat distant and holding them at arm's length and talking about certain things, but not others and not being totally yourself. And then you get bored because you never really... They never cracked you open. You didn't crack each other open. I think the right person will come along and challenge you in that way. I also think you're not going to have a lot of control over that when you meet the right person. And it's just going to kind of happen. But I also think you could probably challenge who you're attracted to and who you're choosing to date. I think definitely giving it more time before you have sex is always helpful in figuring out if you're actually into the person or just really sexually attracted to them, which inevitably burns away um, once you've had sex them a bunch of times um but I think maybe starting to notice what characteristics you can identify that are common throughout or if it's not characteristics like the feeling that you get when you're like this is someone that I'm gonna date even if you're like no 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 it's always different I promise you there's a common denominator and it's something that is familiar to you so that whenever you feel that way you go down that road it's I've talked about this a little bit on here but the idea that like what we think of as I'm clicking with this person, I have chemistry is actually what we're just familiar with and as, in terms of what we identify as a love feeling. And oftentimes we have to kind of consciously change our habits and what we associate with as being that love feeling has to kind of consciously change if you actually want your patterns to change because they're not working for you. So like 
it also sounds a lot like um, you tend to end up with people who are willing to do a lot of the aggressiveness and a lot of the work and you're kind of passive as a person in relationships. And so you're like, I'm not, you know, like, cool, they're after me, which I know that doesn't always happen, but it does sound like with sex, you don't go after them, which I also understand in this day and age. But I'd be interested to see what happens if there was someone who didn't come after you at all and you completely went after them and like put the effort in 2000% on someone that you would never think would actually like I'm I'm imagining you in like a bar and seeing someone that you just think is hot or like beautiful or catches your eye for some reason but you're like well I'm not going to do anything cuz I'm just high and I don't do that but if you did if you like really consciously went after someone I feel like maybe part of the reason you're getting bored is because you're ending up with people that you don't have to do any of the work and they'll come to you and they'll do what you want to do. But at the same time, it doesn't challenge you at all. And so you're not having to step up to the plate. You're not having to like open up and share who you really are. You can kind of keep it on your terms. This person, we talk about politics. This person, we talk about these things. I want someone who like won't take that from you, who's going to like challenge you and also who you're going to have to work for. So, um, when do you, we record the podcast about dealing with crippling social anxiety? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so shocking to me because like you're such a friendly, nice guy. But it's, just, it's just like when, if I remove the stakes of like trying to conquer this person for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. I, I can be social, but like as soon as that that idea is in place i can't i i freeze up and i choke and i can't do it what if you decide because i also feel like with you and i i could be wrong obviously because i don't know you all that well but i feel like you maybe put like your female friends in a different category than women you're trying to date which makes sense Mm -hmm. but it means that you're like willing to have conversations and you're probably a lot more comfortable with your female friends friends than when like you said the pressure of like oh I'm actually trying to like date or sleep with or conquer this other person it it puts you on edge in a way so you can't really be yourself so I just wonder like what if you tried to just make friends with someone normally I would not say this I'm Mm. all about the um, non-friend zone but if you thought of if you were like I'm gonna make friends because I want to be with someone who actually challenges me, who I can open up to, who I can be myself with. And it's not, and like the sexual stuff can grow out of that because yeah. it, it does. But like to not have them be such separate things that like once you're thinking of someone romantically, you get this anxiety where you can't be yourself. I mean, that's hard too, because like when I, I mean, I have a number of very close female friends and I don't want it to become romantic with them because the the friendship is valuable and and I feel like when you move down the road towards romance or at least you know sexual behaviors like you're putting that friendship at risk yeah but you know not to be too cliche but no risk no reward like I think you're doing yourself a disservice by keeping those things so separate. Like, I understand what you're saying. People don't want to lose their friendships, but a real friendship can withstand that. And even if, like, you dated or slept together or whatever, if you eventually it didn't work out for whatever reason, 
you could say, okay, we're going to take some time apart as friends. Mm-hmm. And then we can come back together when we're both ready. And like, it might take some time, might take some negotiation. But like, if what you really want eventually is a long term relationship with someone that you're not going to get bored with, that person, like, I remember my brother saying once, um, this is going to sound so bad. But <laughs> I remember him saying, like, you know, a lot of his guy friends would be like about their girlfriends or whatever. Like, yeah, she's cool. Not, they wouldn't say she's cool for a girl, but it's like they didn't think of her on the same level as their friends. But it was like she was cool enough. And then they liked having sex with her. And he's like, right. I want to be with someone that would be my, that I like better than my friends, that is a better friend than my friends. You know what I mean? That like, it's not like she's a 70% of my friends, but the 30% brings her up from sex. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that it shouldn't be so separate, you know? It should total to 150 or something. Exactly. Like it should be, I like this person better than my friends. I'm more comfortable. I feel more myself. And I I like to have have sex sex with them. them. (laughs) Yeah. And like, it's all, you know, and some of that, yeah, it's going to take some risk taking of like yeah you might blow up that friendship for a little bit but a real friendship can come back together whereas Mm -hmm. or not but then oh what like we're adults you lose people in your life you know you're gonna date someone you're gonna break up like that's gonna happen and I just don't think the way of like kind of separate whatever you're doing your picker is off because or maybe it's not off maybe it's just not ready yet but it's not like finding the people who are really going to challenge you and you're going to meet your match and that's when you're not going to get bored it's not something inherently wrong with you it's just that i think you're deciding that your that attraction feels a certain way or love feels a certain way or chemistry feels a certain way so you're entertaining the same pattern over and over again instead of consciously trying to be like but what if it feels different what if i go about it differently what if i don't go through the same steps of Josiah in a relationship. I mean, that makes a ton of sense. And I am clueless at how to uh, turn that idea into reality. Yeah. Easier said than done, I know. I think I was trying to not say that. <laughs> no, it's true. Um, I, I mean, I think part of it is just becoming aware, obviously. And mm-hmm. like, once you become aware of something, you can't really not be aware of it anymore. Yeah. So you can't like choose to turn it off. Yeah. So if you start to become aware of like, I do this very specific thing when I consider dating someone and a very different thing when someone is my friend. And like, just being aware of that and choosing not to do that anymore to not differentiate right and to also like challenge who you are choosing to go down the relationship road with and who you're choosing to go down the friendship road with right well and like i i I definitely avoid going down the dating road with people who are friends or even like friends of friends you know Mm -hmm. just because it's uh contrary to what you might think i hate drama and i just don't want to have any part of it i want i want my social relationships to just be easy i mean i think that that like also stems from being an introvert it's not easy to make friends when you're an introvert and so when you make real friendships the risk is so much higher and like the reward is honestly lower like especially like to tie it all together when you have an attitude that relationships are all temporary like romantic relationships are temporary anyway and like the friendships are the ones that are going to last longer kind of but if you're in a friendship with someone and they get into a romantic relationship guess what you're gonna lose a large part of them anyway and like they're still gonna be your friend but you know it's like as adults 
yes, we have long lasting friendships that matter and we care about each other, mm-hmm. but everyone kind of like grows, gets into a relationship, has a family, moves away, like things shift and change all the time as adults. So you can't really, nothing is fixed. Nothing is going to stay exactly the way it is forever. I I understand that. And like, I know that I can't count on all of my friendships. To, like for, if relationships to... are temporary, so are friendships. But I think at least in my experience, uh, my friendships are much more durable and and that's in spite of the, you know, distances between me and my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I have I have a very good friend who is probably by some metrics my closest friend in the world. Um, and until I moved to Los Angeles last year, we never lived in the same place in during the duration of our friendship. Mm-hmm. But she's still one of my closest friends. Yeah, it, it just seems to me that that like and like the people that I talk to regularly are, I don't see them, you know. But we talk to each other. Sure. I mean, I get it. I get that friendships are important and it's hard. But I just think you're doing yourself a disservice. And I think uh, when you keep these two things so separate, the person you date is never going to live up to the relationships you have with your friends then. Like they have to, it has to be someone you would genuinely be friends with. I think that's a good question to ask yourself when you start dating someone. Mm It's like if I took away my sexual attraction to them, would I genuinely, do I like them as a person? Would I be good friends with them? Could I see a long-term friendship with this person? And I think that could be a good question for you because a lot of times when we start dating someone, we're willing to forgive a lot of stuff we would not forgive of friends just because we're sexually attracted to them. So we'll kind of gloss over like, oh, they're kind of boring sometimes. They're kind of annoying sometimes. Or I don't like this thing they said, but you know what? I really want to have sex with them. Mm -hmm. Um, And we'll kind of forgive that for a while. And then eventually the sex is sex and it's great, but it, it wears away enough that we're like, oh, now that thing is really prominent and now I just find you annoying. Yeah, and I think like that's definitely true of relationships I've been in. But I also I also have been in relationships with people that I am now still friends with. See, there you go. You're totally capable of doing it. You just proved my point. Wait a second, I'm confused because <laughs> I thought I disproved your point. No, you proved my point. You are fully <laughs> capable of being in a relationship with someone and being friends, like being friends with them after that. So that that dissolves your like, I don't want to fuck up my friendships things oh i see Mm, yeah 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 Mm. i mean there's a bunch of answers here and unfortunately we can't talk forever but we could we could we could keep we could just go and i know i know a real good editor (laughs) (laughs) um i think you are going to want to start challenging who you're typically attracted to and who you typically let be your dating person and then who you let be your friend person. Can you, and maybe it's not as simple as me just asking you now, but can you give like pointers like how to do that? Because it's not, it's not like attraction is not a conscious choice. No, I know. So what, what do I need to do to avoid falling into the same traps that I have? Attraction is not a conscious choice, but I do think we can get very into a rut of feeling a certain feeling, recognizing it as attraction and following that feeling, even if it's led us down the wrong road a million times. And sometimes it is a conscious choice to start to change what you were attracted to. It doesn't mean you're not going to still find that other thing physically attractive, 
But if you're really looking to change your patterns and get into a long-term relationship, you're going to have to start prioritizing different feelings, like different different signals that go off in your brain that say yes. So it might, like I talk about this with women more because women tend to be, they tend to grow attraction over time when it's someone they that is really good for them. And they often follow the guy that just like gives them lust feelings right away. And that almost mm. never turns out great. So... Do you online date at all? No. Um, I I have done my share. Um, I have not been doing it recently. So if you were, I would say to, as I say to many, swipe right a lot more than you initially want to. Mm-hmm. Like don't go to just what you're normally attracted to, mm-hmm. but kind of widen your net, start letting other things in because mm-hmm. you might end up on dates with people you're like, oh, I didn't think I was going to find them that attractive, but... Actually, in person, their energy is very different, mm-hmm. and it's something I haven't experienced before. I would say, you know, I'm happy to go out with you sometime and encourage you to talk to some people in a bar. I know that you're a crippling introvert, but you're actually quite charming and easy to talk to. So I right, but I'm not trying to date you, so it's a lot well, easier. right. That's why it's easy. But if we went out and you just started talking, if you can go with someone who can be a good wingman for you mm-hmm. and just start talking to people in terms of like, even just going off of the idea of like, you're an introvert and it's hard for you to make friends. So you're going to go try and make friends. You're not even, you're not trying to get laid. You're not mm-hmm. even going to try and date anyone you're just trying to make friends and then just commit to the idea of like I'm going to be friends with this person for a while and see if they can hold my interest as a friend see if I like them as a person and as a friend and if I do that's not going to automatically then put them in the friend category and say I can't date them yeah like I just think you want to start because obviously you're not going to date someone that you don't find physically attractive that's not going to happen But rather than going right to the like, okay, this is romantic and now we're spending way too much time together. Mm. It's like, I actually do like you. I'd like to play this out on a friendship level a little bit longer. And they might find that confusing and not particularly like it. But if you can kind of explain like, look, I have this pattern and I'm trying to change it. And that means me taking a little longer to go to the romantic side while we really get to know each other as friends. Because I think you deserve to really be yourself in a relationship and not feel like, you know, you you can be this side of yourself or that side. Like, you, you really deserve to be open with someone. At the same time, look, there are some people that are not cut out for long-term relationships. They are short-term relationship people. They have long-term friendships and just a series of short relationships throughout their life. And if marriage, kids, whatever, is not something that is super important to you, there's also nothing wrong with that model. And you could also just say, that's who I am. And I'm not going to think that there's something fucked up about me anymore. I do short-term rom- romantic relationships, long-term friendships. Maybe someday it'll change. Right now it's not. Yeah. And that like that idea is something that I have thought about quite a bit. Um, a friend of mine had just like suggested it in an offhand way once and it really stuck with me. And the problem that I have or the, the problem that I imagine I have, which is probably a better way to say that, is that I don't know I don't know how to approach dating if that is my sort of position. Like at what point do I tell the person who I'm potentially dating like BT dubs, I'm gonna bounce in a few months. Like how does that I think there are people like that everywhere yeah but how do you find those people Well, a lot of times it's going to be a rebound person 
Great. Yeah. Seem to do well with those. But I think, you know, all you can do is be honest. And if they choose to go along with it, like a lot of times they're going to be like, oh, that's fine. That's fine. And then they're really going to be convincing themselves that they're going to change your mind. Then they're going to come to me and be like, why didn't he end up wanting to be in a long-term relationship? Even Mm -hmm. though he said he didn't want a long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. That's not your responsibility, though. Your responsibility Mm -hmm. is being upfront. But it's two grown-ups. And as long as you tell them where you're at and who you are, and you can be like, look, nothing's completely off the table, but I have found that I'm a short-term relationship person. Mm -hmm. And I've never had something longer than three months. I don't see that happening right now where I am in my life. I'm totally interested in a long-term friendship. I'm totally interested in seeing where this goes. Who knows? Maybe even taking that pressure off of it will actually change it for you. Like, we'll actually make it so that if they know that that's not what you're doing, you can just both kind of dive in head first, be who you are because there's nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. And there's no like, oh, we're going to move in together at some point or like, oh, let me make him meet my parents. Maybe if the pressure's off is when you actually could develop lasting feelings. That's interesting. And sure, some women will be like, okay, thanks for telling me, not interested. You might yeah. lower your numbers a little bit, but I don't think you have a problem finding people to sleep with. I'm I mean, going to say you don't. That's not, and not I'm also going to say there, like, but... that could be where you are in your life right now. Yeah. Could change in five years, could change in two years, could change with the next person. They could just slap you up. Like I thought that about myself for a long time because yeah. I would lose interest after three months, three months, three mm. months, three months. And I've been in a lot of two-year relationships, two years. And I was just like, maybe I'm just not a person who's cut out for long term. Mm-hmm. It's because I wasn't with the right people, but also where I was in my life. It was not the time for me. Yeah. And I like I have definitely considered that as being a thing. Like I, I don't, I've never, as an adult, I have never been in a place where I think like, forget like five or 10 year plans. Like I've never been in a place where I'm like, yeah, I can, I can probably count on being here for two years. Like that's just never, I have never been in that position. I would say I think we have solved you. I think... I don't think we've solved me. <laughs> we've solved you. Um, I think the answer for you is to stop feeling like you have to fit into this mold that other people want you to fit into in terms of what you want in a relationship. I think as long as you're okay with what it is like Mm -hmm. as long as you know you are saying a little like i would like to be able to be in something long term but is that because you really do or is that because that's what society tells you is success Mm -hmm. is is what you're supposed to be after you know yeah and like i i i get that like i do feel i feel comfortable with the way that i am in relationship like it doesn't it doesn't bother me that i lose interest or whatever after a few months but what does bother me is that it bothers the other person and just like taking my most recent relationship as an example i know to that person and all her friends and her family i'm a fucking villain and like my side of the story is never told and and when the reality is like at some point i had to decide to prioritize my own well-being and happiness over hers but that that context is never provided from her side. But who cares and, what her family thinks? Like, uh, if but you I, were but with I like her... I do like, and I totally get that. But I do care a little bit because I like to. That's think fine. Of but if you were with her person. for five years and you broke up, the same thing would have happened in terms of what they thought about you. So, but the reality is, like, I was in a five-year relationship once, and I'm now on very good terms with that whole family. Great. So, what's the problem? But I'm saying that that's not the case in other situations. But then there's nothing you could do. Like you cannot, you have no control over how someone else is going to talk about you. I I know that I have no control. Like 
I, I'm sure I have plenty of that in my past, yeah. but like that's the nature of romantic relationships. Most romantic relationships do not end with like everybody holding hands and dancing around a fire pit about how much they love each other. Like most of them end and they have to because a person isn't able to let go of another person without getting angry. Like her getting angry is her coping mechanism and you have to let her have that too. And like you have to allow people, as long as you are being honest and upfront, which I do think is the one thing you could change about what you are looking for and what you're capable of right now or what your past has been or whatever it is because I'm not saying you could never be capable of a long-term relationship but if you know right now that like this is your pattern then you can just share right from the beginning and if they choose to be there there's no responsibility on you like Mm -hmm. then it's you did what you could you told them they're an adult ending a relationship is never going to be like joy and light and laughter it's it's going to be hard people get hurt Maybe you can come back together and be friends as you have with some of them, which is quite impressive because it's not common. Mm-hmm. But like for the most part, you kind of have to let go of what their family is going to think, what they're going to think. As long as you were honest and straightforward and did the best you could, which you did. You didn't do anything. You didn't abuse her. You know, you didn't coerce her. You you were just a person that tried your best and it wasn't a match. And that's not, that doesn't make you a bad person. I think you're right, objectively, but it is a little hard to convince myself of that. Sometimes. Totally. I know it's, it's hard. We have guilt. We're human. And you're like, obviously a good person, but you didn't, you didn't do anything horrible to her. You didn't cheat on her. It just, you were the one that called out the fact that it wasn't working and you had to be honest about how you felt. And I think if you can be honest from the beginning, it will also take the pressure off of you. I think also part of what's happening too now is you're so aware of your pattern that like you're kind of already there when it starts like you're already like I know I'm gonna get sick of this person in a few months and you already probably have a little guilt about it and you're already probably trying to protect against it which is not allowing you to be totally yourself which is not allowing you to be totally present in the relationship while it's happening so of course you're gonna feel bad coming out of it you're gonna be like I wasn't even really in that or I didn't treat her well enough or I wasn't really there or was I a bad person because like you weren't really there because you were like already anticipating what you were going to do wrong and how you were going to disappoint this person and let them down or how it was going to end badly and all relationships end until they don't and then they still probably do because you die um but you know it's like we can't really protect against that stuff the best thing you can do is just be honest and straightforward going into it that's still not really going to protect you because they're still going to get feelings for you they're still going to think they could be the person to change you you might start feeling something for them and then that's a whole other way things could go wrong but like that's part yeah, of i mean the- i think the reality is like i do feel things like it's not that i don't feel them i just maybe i, I just don't feel them deeply or strongly enough to be convincing there's nothing wrong with like not falling in love with a person but i have this image in my head of like more than once feeling like i'm like teetering on the edge of falling in love with someone Mm -hmm. and it's almost like i i can take that leap if i only decide to and i cannot force myself to make that decision and then there's the one example of the girl who texted me that she was falling, falling for, for you me, and, you could and I did decide to do it. I don't really think that's something that you have to decide when it happens. Like I don't. But I think how, if you're like it ha- consciously it deciding happens? not or to, yes, yes, like yes, you know, I think you can decide. Do I keep seeing this person? And that's where I'm saying you could change your habits a little. You know, of like. I'm not going to keep seeing them if I don't 
see them as someone I would actually be friends with or I am going to keep seeing them even if it doesn't feel like I normally associate with someone I would date, but I really like them as a person and a friend, so let me see what's there. Those things you can decide. You cannot decide whether you fall in love with the person or not. And if you're consciously thinking about it and deciding whether to do it or not, it's probably not love. What is it then? It's liking someone a whole lot. Lust like enjoying a person but I I just don't think that love is that concrete I don't think it's that like able to like decide yes or no I just do not I don't no 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 I think you can have very strong feelings for a person but if you're going should I fall in love with them should I decide to fall in love with them I'm gonna decide not to fall in love with them and that's not it you need someone who's gonna like overtake you and there's nothing wrong with the fact that like your last 5 10 15 relationships have not been love like there's a reason people do get married and commit to each other because usually it's like whoa this is what love is if it was something we could feel with every single relationship we're in no of course we wouldn't commit to one person there's a reason for that And it's not to say it can only happen with one person. I don't believe in the one. I believe in like different people at different times in your life are right for you. And there's probably, you know, at least 100 people who are the one for everybody. Like you have 100 the ones out there. But it's just like, which one are you going to meet? When? Mm -hmm. And I just, I think if you're having to think that much and ask that many questions, it doesn't mean you shouldn't be in a relationship with them, but it's probably not it. I don't think it's confusing when you're in love with someone. Hmm. <laughs> we'll find out, I guess. We'll find out. <laughs> but I mean, I wish, like I said, I wish I wish I could like solve. But I think, I think you kind of have to decide if you're okay with who you are and where you are right now. And if your desire for a long-term relationship is coming out of something you actually want or out of what you think you should want that would make you normal and successful. The answer to that could totally change. It could be you don't want that right now, but you do want that when you meet the right person or you do want that three years from now or whatever it is. And then start being real honest about it from the beginning. Not really in the messaging before you meet the person because that's not a good time for reveals. But like once you start going a couple dates with the person, maybe even on the first date, mm-hmm. hey, I think right now I'm a short-term relationship guy. Could totally change. Not yeah. going to say it couldn't change. But that's been my track record. So I just want to take the pressure off so I can really be myself. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And like, I'm not going to be able to really relax and be myself if I have guilt about what I know you want that I'm not sure that I can give you. Yeah. And then go from there. And then I would say, try and go on more first dates, second dates with people you wouldn't normally maybe go after. You should still find them attractive, but they might not be Mm -hmm. the person you identify right away. Yeah. And then see if you can like build some friendships before being like, oh, this is a romantic person this is a friendship person but Mm -hmm. like see if if you do like someone if you can be like i do really like you i'd like to work on building a friendship just to see like what that's like because i don't normally do that Mm -hmm. you know and the right people will be down for it yeah but i think you can like go easy on yourself too and just be like this is where i am right now it doesn't mean there's something wrong with me because i don't fall in love with every person i sleep with or spend time with Mm mm-hmm even if I like them a lot, it's okay to get sick of people. That just generally means that's not the person for you. Yeah. I can't wait for you to just get totally blindsided and destroyed. I'm not sure if I want that to happen or I'm dreading it. <laughs>
just don't think you have a choice either way. And that could be your person or it could be like you have to go through that a couple times to like crack your heart open and then like really appreciate someone who makes it easy for you. Mm. But I think you need a couple challengers first. Yeah, I, yeah, no. I don't think my heart cracks that easily. No, it doesn't. You're <laughs> going to need a couple. But I would encourage you too to like go out and, and talk to some people you normally wouldn't. I know it's very scary, but go with a good friend who will do it with you. Mm-hmm. And just start talking, not like I'm going to try and sleep with this person, but like I'm going to make friends with some people and see where that goes. Yeah, and I think like that makes a lot of sense. I, and then maybe I'm oversensitive about it. When I'm in a situation like that, like at a bar with someone who's much more sociable than me, which mm-hmm. obviously is most of the time because most people are, I'm concerned that even if even if my intention is not to try to sleep with whoever it is I'm talking to, they don't know that. And so they're responding to me as if I am. Maybe. But then you can be like, hey, you know. Hi, I'm just hi. I'm not trying to fuck you. I I'm just want to be your friend. <laughs> no, I mean, look, yes, that's going to be an undercurrent no matter mm-hmm. what. But the point is once you get on the date or whatever. Yeah. You know, as long as you're not creepy, like you're a good looking guy. You're charming. You're nice. You're smart. Like you're tall. You have a beard. Like you're not going to have a problem getting first dates. It's just once you get on the date being like, I want to be transparent. I'm trying this new thing where I really build a friendship first. So like I'm not going to try and sleep with you right away. Mm. And I'm not interested in that. Yeah. And like, even because I like your personality so much, I'm trying to see if I can like challenge the way that I normally do things. I swear anyone you say this stuff to that you could be that honest and transparent is going to, first of all, fall at your feet, which like maybe is not the goal, Mm -mm. but is going to really appreciate it. And then Mm -hmm. they can decide what to do with that information. And that will help you find the right person. Because also like you're kind of a very um, like pragmatic person Mm -hmm. so the person you might need to be with might be a little more pragmatic and Mm -hmm. not these emotional whirlwind women but Mm -hmm. someone who can hear that and understand that and not take it personally so it might be a really good litmus test of people as well of someone who can hear like i'm trying to do things differently this isn't about how i feel about you Mm -hmm. but i'm working on myself are you cool with that would you like to keep hanging out probably the person who can handle that already you're figuring out that person is more right for you than someone who can't yeah that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. You should, you should you should be a dating coach. <laughs> <laughs> but we could do an update. I want to hear how this goes. But I think you should start at least start going on some more app dates because for an introvert, that's also like an easier way to meet people. Yeah. And it definitely I'm has been. I'm happy to been, take a look at your profile. You, I, I don't even know what they fucking look like at this point. Send them to me. Mm-hmm. I'll do some work. But start there. Just get on more dates and see what happens when you start just being radically honest about where you are right now. And instead of kind of like shaming it and trying to hide it, just being like, this is where I am. Can you take it or not? Try does it make different. sense like, in the context of app dating? Does it make sense for that to be in the profile? Or is that a wait? To- um, I think that's too soon. I think you yeah. want to meet the person for just like I say, you know, don't put like, I'm looking for a relationship or mm-hmm. like no one who's not looking for it. It's like, the app is not a place to have a conversation of substance in yeah. any way. It's to get two people in a room together, especially for an introvert like you who's yeah. not going to do it as easily out in the world. Yeah. And get in the room together. And then once you start vibing, mm-hmm. that's where you stop yourself and say, I'm not going to go down the same road that I always do. I'm going to tell yeah. this person what I'm what I'm dealing with. And it still might end up that you're just in bed together that night. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But like trying it, you know, and just trying to break your own patterns a little bit. And like, what if right from the start, I'm honest about who I am and what I want and what I'm working on and not trying to like fulfill this idea image of a boyfriend that this person has for me. Yeah, that sounds great. 
right? Yeah. Yourself. And the right, I mean, there's so many people out there like, yes, some women will be like, that's not what I want. But there are plenty, especially nowadays, all different kinds of communities. You could also look into some alternative apps. Meaning? I think there's one, I don't know if it still exists, but called Field, F-E-E-L-D. Mm. If not that, there'll be things like it where it's people who are not necessarily looking for that traditional monogamous yeah. man and woman on the road to marriage thing. But it could be like, I'm looking for a friend with benefits. I'm looking for... You know, a different a relationship that looks different. Yeah. You know, maybe that's a friendship for a while and then we see how we feel or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I think there are apps out there with alternative things. But more importantly, I think just get in the room with them and see if you're vibing and then see if they can handle your honesty and don't take it as a like rejection. If they can't take it as a litmus test. Yeah. For someone who's right for you. Mm-hmm. You need someone who can handle it. Yeah. And who's going to challenge you too and maybe push on it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think challenging me is a big thing because mm-hmm. I just get bored. Right. But they can't challenge you if you're not bringing your full self to the table because then they think they're getting you, but then mm. like only a quarter of you is there and the rest of you is over here bored. I mean, do you think, and I know you keep trying to wrap up and we keep moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> do you think that like if I am with someone and I start to feel bored, mm. is that an opening to say, like, how would I, if I want to get that person to challenge me, how do I get that to happen? Or is it just like, if I start to get bored, it's kind of over already and it's time to... I think the first thing would be to ask yourself if you really feel bored or if it's just getting too real for you or if it's getting too comfortable or too close to an actual relationship and so you're pulling away and telling yourself you're bored. Yeah, I mean... Because I don't know that you can tell someone to challenge you more. No, and that's, I mean, I don't think so either. And that's why I asked the question, because it just doesn't seem like a thing that can happen. I think you're going to find that out more. I think that's less about, it's that whole like show, don't tell thing in writing. Mm -hmm. It's going to be more about if you can be upfront and honest and truly yourself from the beginning, you're automatically going to weed out people who are going to bore you. Because it's going to have to be someone who can really handle that. Who can handle it, yeah. You know? And who can handle you being totally pragmatic and open and transparent. I get bored really quickly. And it's nothing personal about you, but that's what happens with me. Mm. So I'm just like... There's got to be a nicer way to say that. Yeah. I guess you could just say like, so far, I am always in short-term relationships. You don't even have to tell them why, you know? But I think it's... Just as like a... As a disclaimer. Yeah. Like... And right now I'm looking to see if I can build a friendship with someone first or mm-hmm. right now, like that's kind of all I'm interested in. So if you're cool with that, like, let's see where this goes. But then I think you have to keep challenging yourself to be really honest about who you are and where you are in your life and what you need. So that also yeah. means from the beginning, I know it's going to be bad if we spend every day together. Yeah. I know what I need is to see you like two, three times a week, have plenty of time to myself. And when we hang out, we should do fun things. I don't want to like sit around. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. You need to, because if that's too, could be why you're getting bored. Is like if it's falling into that couple's routine of like, yeah. we watch a movie, we have sex, we go to sleep, we wake up. Like I can't. someone, no. you can mm-hmm. say, I need more than this. I need us to do things. Like I need us to plan things. I need us to do things together. And if there's someone who doesn't like that, they're also going to fall off. Yeah. But like, you know, you trying to fit yourself into this mold to not hurt someone's feelings or to have them like you or whatever it is, obviously isn't working. Yeah. So you need to take the gloves off. Are those the kid gloves or the boxing gloves? The boxing got gloves. Got it, got it, got it. I wasn't Take sure those which off. Just start punching. We no, I'm just kidding. Don't punch. 
Oh, I would um, not. But <laughs> we'll take that out. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think it's about being who you are with your friends, with people that you want to date right from the beginning. And if they can't handle it, they're not the right person for you. And you would have gotten bored and found that out anyway. Yeah. I mean, that hearing you say it, it makes it, it seems so obvious, but like, but it's hard when you're it's attracted hard. to yeah, someone, it's very easy to just uh, be yeah. like, oh, I'm going to gloss over myself a little bit. And I, I, like, I definitely have at times in the past, maybe not mm-hmm. always, but definitely, uh, just played the role that I thought they needed me to play to right. make it work. Right. Like from the moment you met me, you weren't afraid to argue with me because we were obviously going to be friends and like yeah. there was no like I have to perform a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, and you were like right away just very honest. Yeah. And that's who I think you need to be when you're going on these dates. It's hard at first, especially yeah. if you're attracted to someone, but you yeah. just have to be like, this is so, this is for later down the road. Yeah. Like I will thank myself for this. And if you scare off a pretty girl, you yeah. would have gotten bored with her anyway. I mean, maybe. I even want to look at your profiles because I'm like, maybe they're too nice and they need to be less polite. Mm. Like, stop being so polite. I'm, You're not polite to I'm, me. I'm a nice Midwestern boy. I know you are. <laughs> but also you have needs and opinions, strong ones, mm-hmm. and a sense of humor. And yeah. you need to bring all of that to the table. And if they can't handle it, you better find out sooner rather than later. But I think, too, challenging yourself to not get romantic with them as quickly. So you can't just fall into your pattern of, like, this is who Josiah is in a relationship. Yeah. Well, and I think, like, I I think that what that means is that when they, you know, the, the people who are inclined to move things in a romantic direction very quickly, I just need to be resistant to yes, that. Yes, exactly. Because I do think, and that's where it's like, you do kind of when they want to do the work, you kind of let them do the work. No, 100%. That's, yeah, that's exactly So you how. kind of have to think of it as like, not only am I not going to let them do the work, I'm going to stop them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do the work of speaking up for what I need. Yeah. Which is like, I'm not ready to go down this road yet. Yeah. Like, I need to find more out about you. I'm not just like gung-ho mm-hmm. for the sake of being in a relationship because I'm yeah. going to end up blowing it up in a couple months yeah they tell them it's for you right i'm trying to change or you can decide you don't want to change and you're happy with how you are and that's fine and i still think someone will come along and pull the rug out from under you and you'll be like whoa i'm so in love and it's been four years mm. um you know it anything sounds stressful <laughs> <laughs> it is no it's not it's not it's really not it's great it's, it's not, easy you've and barely not started planning your wedding so <sighs> Um, it's gonna be fine everything's gonna be fine Um, but you know I think when when it's the right person it's not confusing you don't have to decide whether or not you're gonna fall in love with them you don't have to talk yourself out of being bored you don't have to tell them you're bored it's just gonna be like relatively easy and straightforward and not confusing but that can only happen if you're really bringing your whole self from the beginning and asking for what you need and what you know about yourself from Mm. the beginning Mm-hmm. And taking your time on the whole jumping into a relationship thing. Mm-hmm. And just say no. Just say no to relationships. <laughs> no, no. But like the right, you know, and you'll find people who are similar to you who are also like, I don't like long-term relationships or I don't like whatever, whatever, this traditional thing. And then you might surprise each other. But mm-hmm. it starts with you just being super straightforward and real and yeah. treating them like a friend. And like if you mm-hmm. have a problem, like – close your eyes and be like, they're this friend. And then like, talk to them like they are that, like play mind tricks with yourself. Yeah. And make them your friend. Okay. Okay, great. I feel great. How do you feel? 
I don't fucking know. I we'll don't think see. it was a train wreck. <laughs> oh no, this was, was this was this great. was this was great. I great. wish we could keep going because it's fun. You can always come back. Yeah. Open door for you. Great. My wonderful editor. Yeah. I'm sure people will want to talk to you after this. So do you have an Instagram? I do. Uh, no, my Instagram is at Uncle Duder. Interesting. Uh, Uncle it Duder. features my nieces and nephews. Cute. Mm-hmm. Is that what they call you? It is indeed. Yeah. Okay. Josiah Thorngate, the best name in the world. <laughs> Such a good name. Thank you. Okay, thank you for coming and talking to me and letting mm-hmm. me yell at you mm-hmm. in person. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to hear how this goes. Yeah, me neither. Go make some friends. Great. <laughs> Yay! Just the tip, a dating tip. As I said with Josiah, um, I think there is this kind of false sense that we all have to want a long-term relationship. We all have to want marriage. Obviously, we talk about that goal a lot on this show because it is kind of what the majority of people say that they want. And so I'm here to help with that. But that doesn't mean that's what you have to want. If you're a short-term relationship person, that's a real thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. It also could be a phase of your life. It could be timing. It could be that you haven't met the right person yet. But why not come clean from the very beginning? If you set the proper expectations, you've done your job. The other person can't, I mean, they're still going to be mad at you because they have feelings and they're human and they're going to, you know, grow feelings for you and be upset if you don't reciprocate them. But if you know kind of where you stand with relationships right now, just be as honest honest and transparent from the beginning as possible. And if you get to a point where you don't want to see this person anymore, or you feel like they're growing feelings that you're not, be honest with that too. And just say, you know, I, I've really been working on this right now in my life. I don't see more than a short-term relationship. And so it's, you know, just not personal, which it's still going to feel personal, unfortunately. But just be honest, be transparent. I think the more we can be honest with where we are and who we are in our relationships, the better off we're all going to be. And we can start to regrow some of that trust that we've lost. Um, So I would say that you don't need to say any of this on your dating profiles, obviously. I would go on the date because also you could be surprised. And I would say to Josiah, also be open to being surprised. You don't have to set this in stone. You don't have to decide this is who you are. But you can just be open and communicative. And as I said, that will automatically weed out anyone who can't handle you for who you really are. And anyone who really might be a good match for you is going to be able to hear that, talk about that. They might say, okay, I can't do that right now. So I'm going to go away. Thank you for the information. And then they might come back around and say, actually, yeah, I'm willing to go down that road with you. But just be honest, be communicative, and don't feel pressure to fit into a relationship mold that everyone wants you to. I think once you can take that pressure off of yourself and not feel guilty about it, you might actually be able to start feeling more things and enjoying yourself more, which is always the goal. If you are in the Los Angeles area and single or not, but would like to come out and see me, which I would love, come to All My Single Friends tomorrow, 8.30 p.m. at the Copper Still on Beverly and Western. I'll coach you on stage. You'll get free tequila. You also can sit in the corner and just watch everybody. It's a great time had by all. Thank you to Josiah Thorngate, my guest, for coming on and sharing yourself and all of your stories. If anyone else would like to be coached privately or publicly, anonymously or not, email us not your therapist podcast at gmail.com you can also reach out on instagram not your therapist podcast thank you to christine bartolucci my social media producer melissa gruen josiah thorngate my amazing editor who will be editing himself on this episode and all of you for listening rating reviewing and making dating fun mm-hmm.